0: Chad Jay Mansbridge here, lead pastors of Bayside Church International, based here on the south coast of South Australia. Our great passion as a church is to help people to know Jesus and to demonstrate His love, truth and life in everything that we do. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Uh, my name's Chad Mansbridge. Uh, if you don't know me, if you just tune in today randomly from uh, someplace in the world, or maybe you're part here in the Victor Harbour community and have found our church website or Facebook, it's so great to have you joining with us today. You're more than welcome. Uh, kick up a couch, all right? Grab yourself uh, a coffee. You're allowed to be in your pyjamas probably not appropriate for me to do that so I've kind of you know worn shoes today but anyway uh, enjoy this morning and the idea of me sitting down here on a couch with you today is to really have a conversation uh, today i um, you know I'm not really got my preacher's hat on uh, so much as uh, having a conversation hat on in fact what I do want to do today and I'll explain how this came about in just a moment uh, I actually really want to speak to the people of Bayside Church today and uh, I'll explain that in a moment but what I'm going to do is I'm going to begin by reading a passage of scripture uh, from the New Testament it is you know it might be unusual for me to say it's one of my least favorite books in the New Testament uh, but there's a great passage here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 Thessalonians um, is a book or a letter written by the Apostle Paul about 2,000 years ago to a group of people in a place called Thessalonica that's why we call it the letter to the Thessalonians okay and uh, and as he closes out his letter here he kind of leaves them with some final instructions and so these, there's some wonderful truths in here that I feel we can all take to heart uh, at this time particularly uh, but something that really spoke to me and I just want to launch from one of those verses today okay so that's what we're going to be doing here in 1st Thessalonians 5 and uh, I might just turn my uh, that off so I've saved my battery all right here we go 1st Thessalonians 5 and I want to read from verse 9 if you have your Bible read along with me or go into plan Uh, the verses should appear on your screen if you don't have a Bible of your own 1st Thessalonians 5 for God did not appoint us God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, basically that means living or dead, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another. And build each other up, just as, in fact, you are already doing. This great lesson here from the Apostle Paul about focusing our attention, not only on the main thing, uh, but on the thing that matters the most for eternity. Focusing our gaze on eternity. This was a church community going through a tough time. And he says to them, listen, focus on eternity. Jesus Christ has died for us. Uh, that we may have eternal life with God the Father in heaven. We may live forever. And he wants them to fix their gaze on eternity. Powerful lesson indeed. Verse 12, he continues. He says this, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work and live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Paul's here speaking about different groups of people in our life different groups of people in society and he kind of wraps it up by saying listen be patient with all people I think that's a great word of encouragement we can all take right now in our dealings with our community particularly to be patient with everyone and one of the reasons to be patient with everyone that's a blanket rule that applies to all our dealings with people is to be patient a blanket guideline if you like of dealing well with people be patient with everyone. One of the reasons, one of the things, benefits that patience does is that uh, patience allows you to really understand someone. Uh, it allows you to really understand where a person is coming from because it's not right or reasonable to relate to everyone exactly the same. One of our goals is to relate to people according to where they're at and who they are. So that's why in the preceding verses, he mentions different groups of people. Those who lead you, those who are weak, those who are lazy, okay, those who work hard. You relate to these people differently, but you need to relate to everyone with patience to give yourself time to discern who that person is and where they are at. Uh, Many an angry word, many a harsh word is spoken rashly. And uh, if we would learn the great lesson of being patient with people, being able to read where they're at, it will, we'll go a long way in knowing how differently to deal with the different people in our life. I think it was Stephen Covey, his uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, habit number five, I think it was, said, listen, you need to seek first to understand people before being understood yourself. And so be patient with everyone. Keep breathing, Chad. Okay, here we go. Verse 15. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else rejoice always pray continually give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus you've heard me say this before those of you part of our church family now if you want to know what God's will is This verse tells you blanketly, you know what's God's will? To give thanks in all circumstances. We don't necessarily give thanks for all circumstances, but we are to give thanks in all circumstances. Verse 19, do not quench the Spirit. Some of your Bibles put it, do not put out the Spirit's fire. Okay, do not quench the Spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. In fact, may your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. After all, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. Well, i tell you what, if you can't find some uh, absolute nuggets and some gems in that passage, uh, I don't know what to say to you. Okay, there's some fantastic one-liners uh, in that uh, passage in 1 Thessalonians 5 that makes it one of my favorite discourses from Paul. Very succinct, some great advice, and we would be wise to take much of that on board. But the thing I want to sort of focus on and launch from in that passage today is where it says, listen, don't treat prophetic words with contempt and he links that with putting out the Holy Spirit's fire and that's kind of what I want to speak to today as I put on my lead pastor hat or senior pastor hat here and speak to the people of Bayside Church. This week and Thursday uh, I was uh, occupied doing some things, it was Thursday, 22nd of July this week and uh, I started needing to start thinking about what do I share here on Sunday uh, with you knowing that we're going to be in lockdown I thought well maybe I should share a lockdown message you know talk about uh, something that relates to that maybe uh, one of the hot button issues at the moment is uh, maybe I should speak about how Christians should relate properly to their government well that's a bit of of an issue at the moment maybe I should speak in and around that and then I thought you know what Sunday's the 25th of uh, July maybe I should speak about Christmas you know just muck it around a bit do a Christmas in July theme something like that and uh, you know after a while I thought maybe I should ask God what I should do and I'm like Lord is there something on your heart you'd love me to share and I felt him whisper to me and for those of you who hear God's voice you understand what I'm saying when I when I say that and I felt him encourage me to speak on some of the prophetic promises that God has given to us as a local church many years ago, 19 years ago, out of a book in the Bible called Zechariah and chapter 8. And I thought, well, all right, Lord, I hear that. I'll share some of the prophetic promises. I haven't done that for a while. Okay, we're probably due. My my logical hat kind of kicked in there. And I thought, okay, well, I'll do that. And then when I got home later and I was out when when God spoke to me about that, I went to grab my trusty old Bible. uh, I call it my something old Bible. It's a Bible I've had since I was 16. And and, uh, my predominant, Bible through my young adult years. And the reason I wanted to grab this is because when God first spoke to me about Bayside Church 19 years ago, uh, he gave me promises from Zechariah chapter 8, as I've just mentioned, and I wrote down in, back here in pencil in the back pages when that was. I thought it was such an important encounter I had with God at that time that I needed to record it for antiquity, you know, in my Bible. And so I came home, I opened up to the back page here in pencil uh, where I journaled, as it were, that note, And would you believe it, the date that I had next to that scripture, the day God spoke to me, was the 22nd of July. To the day, precisely, 22nd of July, precisely 19 years ago, when God first spoke to me, about pioneering this church about relocating moving to Victor Harbour and about as it were pioneering or parenting Bayside Church in fact we looked back through some of our uh, archives this week having been stirred by that as I said earlier with Jay here on the couch numbers speaks to me that's that's the way God knows he's going to get my attention with numbers and dates and and things like that so to to speak of me on the 22nd July that meant something and you know what it was 19 years ago uh, Jay and I in, in 2002 uh, we'd reached a crossroads in a sense in our life at age 23 and uh, at the start of the year in February we're praying Lord direct our life where's the next thing uh, you want us to do and in that week that we were praying and really asking God uh, to come through for us in fact one of the things we do I noticed before that my auntie Chris is watching we stayed at her holiday home out on the uh, York Peninsula and uh, that week and was like Lord speak to us speak to us uh, in this time and well on the second week of our holiday uh, there in February we went to a conference and a man stood me up in a crowd 600 people uh, together with a friend of mine and says Chad I believe God is telling you that he wants you to plant a church or pioneer a church and it's imminent the word I sense for you is imminent it'll happen faster than you think it'll happen sooner than you think and well that began a journey for us we invited some uh, we spoke to some pastors of us who knew us and were like does that resonate with you okay just because someone says something from a microphone it doesn't mean it's true posted on social media this week just because someone's on a platform it doesn't mean that what they say is true and so I bounced it off some trusted voices I said does that resonate with you that we should plant a church I'm 23 I've never even preached before you know what's going, what's the deal with that and one after the other a pastor friends of ours said uh, pastors in our church said yeah look Chad we've seen that on you we've seen that in you guys we really resonate and so well that began the journey of us quitting our job uh, doing a church leadership course intensive for three months and it was in the last week in July of that Uh, church leadership course where we were like God you need to speak to us about our future speak to us about where we're going speak to us about this church apparently that you want us to lead and other people who were doing the course with us knew that God had already spoken to them put on their heart where they were going to go we were clue—well, not entirely clueless but we didn't really know and uh, I did one of those things that I as a pastor and a teacher I would never encourage you to do and I said I said Lord I need a word and I opened up my Bible and I said speak to me today and well, my Bible opened where the bookmark was. I mean, I, I just happened to be, apparently, I couldn't remember, but I was reading through a book in the Bible called Zechariah. And I'm like, oh, Zechariah, what possible good could come from that book? I've got no idea what this is about. And as I read Zechariah chapter 8, where my bookmark was, every verse just seemed to come alive to me. And God was saying, This is for you. This is for you. That's the week that God spoke to us uh, and put Victor Harbour specifically on our heart. And as it were, uh, Sunday, the 28th of July, this week, this coming week, marks exactly the 19-year anniversary. Or if you want to look at it another way, uh, Jay and I together are beginning as it were our 20th year 19 years anniversary means we are beginning our 20th year well strictly speaking as a church our official birthday is Father's Day September we uh, sort of when we officially launched God birthed this church or the desire to lead Bayside Church in our hearts uh, in that way on this week uh, 19 years ago and so that was enough for me to say okay Lord isolation aside opinions about Uh, government restrictions aside, the impact that these kind of things may have aside... What you want me to speak today is a word to our church to remind us as as Bayside Church about some of the key prophetic things that he spoke to us all those years ago. And so if you have your Bible, if you know how to find Zechariah, I want to encourage you to do that. The easiest thing to do basically is to find Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, all right, the beginning of the New Testament. Just turn left a bit and Zechariah is found there right at the end of the Old Testament. And the reason for that is Zechariah uh, is an Old Testament prophet. Basically, Old Testament is BC okay before Jesus uh, he prophesied uh, around about 500 ish B.C. The historical background here is that God's city, the city of Jerusalem, uh, that He called His home, like the the city where God's people lived, uh, that had been destroyed in 586, gone through a heck of a war. The temple had been uh, war. The temple had been torn down. The city had been destroyed. And after a good number of decades, God's people had uh, moved back into the city, and they started the process of restoration. This is the story of the book of Ezra, uh, basically. Well, one of the things that happens is God's people start to restore and re rebuild their lives after this tragedy and this tragic war is that uh, they get discouraged Uh, they start getting discouraged about where they're at where they have been Uh, they start getting opposition from outside and they essentially give up for a while they actually put the pause button on keeping on with God's promises and purposes for them and that's where the prophet Zechariah comes in Haggai is another one they're kind of two peas in a pod and they prophesy around about the same time and their job uh, as we understand about prophecy in the scripture their job is to encourage God's people and to remind God's God's people listen this is what he has said don't forget don't forget uh, where God is taking us don't forget where we've been it's okay to look at where you are, but understand, don't just be focused on the here and now. God has a glorious and beautiful future for us, and this is what it looks like. So keep on going, keep on going, keep on going. All right, and so that's the historical context of this book. Many of these promises, well, all of these promises really, are specifically given to that group of people at that time in history. But for me, knowing that I'd asked God to speak to me that day, those promises came alive, and I sensed in my heart God, God say, the, there are promises in this book that specifically I want to communicate to you, mate, uh, for Bayside. what then would become Bayside Church. So as I said before, that's not the best way to read your Bible, okay? The teacher in me says, please don't read your Bible like that. You know, please don't open the Bible and just go, what's the, uh, what's the Bible say for me today? It's not the wisest thing to do. I mean, for goodness sake, I'm, I'm just about to release a book. Uh, we're about four or five weeks ago uh, away from me launching my book, uh, teaching people how to read the Bible. And I explicitly say, don't read the Bible like that. <laughs> you know, that's not the way to learn and to read and approach the Bible properly. But for me that day, God, in his grace, answered that prayer of saying, Lord, speak to us about the church we will lead. And there you go, fell to Zechariah chapter 8. I want to share with you uh, five key promises that if you call Bayside Church your home grab a hold of these things okay if you love this church you want to pray for us declare pray these things over our church and these are five key things that have been true for us in the past are true for us today and will continue to be true for us in the future in fact as I read back through these today I've been Lord you have fulfilled these promises you are fulfilling these promises and you will continue to fulfill these promises as we walk together into our 20th year as a church family. So here we go, Zechariah uh, chapter 8, and uh, I'll just pick up from the top now that we've established that context from verse 1, and we'll see if we can move a bit faster here. Zechariah 8 verse 1, the word of the Lord Almighty came to me. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I am very jealous for zion i am burning with jealousy for her i am jealous for zion i'm burning in fact with jealousy for her well historically of course zion for those of you don't know is the nickname basically of the city of jerusalem so it's basically god's way of saying i'm jealous for my people okay I'm jealous for my people. I am burning with jealousy for her. One of the pictures we have uh, in the scriptures that God provides us of how he relates to his people is that he relates to his people as a groom, as a husband to a bride. He has made a commitment, a covenant commitment of devotion to his people. And for us specifically at Bayside, this was God's way of saying to us right from the outset, a promise that we can lay hold of. God is passionately... Committed to us, God is committed to this church in a passionate, passionate way. That's what the word jealousy means. You know, years ago uh, we had a, a friend of ours, a guest speaker, come here to our church called Alan Meyer, and I love this illustration. He he had it out with God one day. You know, he he read a scripture like this. In fact, there's another verse like this, and further on back in the Old Testament where God says, "My name is jealous." I'm a jealous God. In fact, one of my names is jealous. And Alan said, well, God, how come it's okay for you if it's not okay for me? I I thought jealousy (laughs) was a sin. How come it's okay for you if it's not okay for me? I thought jealousy was wrong. And God began to explain to him how there's a difference between being envious or being jealous of others for the things they have that are rightfully theirs And being jealous about something that is yours. That is rightfully yours. God is saying here, I'm jealous for my people. You know why? Because they're my people. I've bought them at a price. They are my people. It's not that they're my property. I'm not talking about those sort of crass terms. But I've devoted myself in a loving relationship. And I'm going to jealously guard that. I'm going to jealously watch over my people. Because they matter to me. In church this morning both Bayside Church specifically and for any of you watching, what a beautiful word, what a beautiful picture to have of our God. Do you know any prophetic promises that follow? Any other revelation uh, that follows or specific things that God may speak to us uh, that follow from this? First and foremost, God wanted his people to know. First and foremost, God wants us to know that God is absolutely, passionately committed to us. God is a God of passion. He is, uh, another book in the Bible says, a consuming fire. He is a God of great passion. There's a strange verse in in the scripture that says, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. Bit of a weird one. Esau I hated. The only man in the Bible (laughs) described as specifically being hated by God. You think, what's the deal with that? Well, when you read that story, you know one of the characteristics that Esau had? He was mediocre. He was not passionate about the things that God was passionate for he did not display jealousy for the things that he had been given in his case it was his birthright well God's not like that God is not mediocre he is passionate and he is jealous about the things that mattered to him and there is nothing more that matters to God than his people the nature the the, the goodness his love extended towards us is a passionate passionate love and it's vitally important that we as a church grasp that that we as christians grasp that god is passionately devoted and committed to you what a beautiful way a beautiful word that he would speak over us and you know over the years uh, pastorally as we've gone through uh, challenges and of course even today going through challenges and there's been concern lord what are you what are you doing what are you going to do how are you going to bring good out of this situation there's concern for people who are going through genuine struggle and trial one of the best things a pastor can know one of the best things a pastor can pray is something i've done for you many times and just said god there your people they're your people and you love them more than I do you are more committed to this church you are more committed to your family than I will ever be and what a great sense of security rest and peace that brings us Bayside let me tell you today God is passionately committed to you not just committed to you uh out of uh um you know a sense of obligation dry obligation no no no. God's passionately committed to you and what's a beautiful promise to have verse 3 let's continue to says this, this is what the Lord says, I will return to Zion and dwell in Jerusalem. And then Jerusalem will be called the faithful city. The mountain of the Lord Almighty will be called the holy mountain. This next promise that God gives his people here is the promise of being with them. It is the promise of God's manifest presence, of God saying, I am committed to being present with my people. In fact, this chapter begins and ends with that promise. We'll read a verse later on, right at the end of the chapter, where it says the reputation of this city, and for us, the reputation of our church, is the fact that God is there. We may be known for many things, uh, technical glitches or whatever. No, we may not be known for many things, but one thing we want to be known for above and beyond anything else is the fact that God is there. What a reputation for a church family to have. The fact that God is with them. That God has promised his obvious manifest presence. Uh, You know, earlier uh, you saw Jay with me. Okay, Jay was present with me. I knew her presence. It was tangible. It was obvious. It was undeniable. Right now, she's not. She's back at home. She's back with the kids watching me on the screen. Yet in a sense, she is still with me. Okay, she's still with me. We're still together, but we're not quite together and this promise of God saying I will dwell with my people is not just that general promise of yeah I'll be with you you know I'm the omnipresent God after all I'll be with you just like I'm with everyone no 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 I will be with you there will be a closeness, there will be a proximity of awareness, a tangible reality of God with his people. And we can talk about what qualities that the church has that makes us different to every other community group that exists. You know What makes us different to any other organization or business or, or group or gathering of people around the world? Well, top of my list would have to be this. The church needs to be known, church should be known for the reality of God's presence in their midst. You know, that's a group of people. That are ordinary in many respects, but there's something extraordinary about them, and it's the fact. That God is with them. The undeniable reality of the presence of the supernatural God doing things in the lives of those people that we cannot explain uh, otherwise. And fortunately for us as a church family, as you know, uh, we've experienced a number of beautiful, miraculous stories over the years of uh, God's supernatural interactions with us as his people. God's way of saying, I'm with you. Not, I'm with you. We're all in this together, you know. (laughs) No, no, no. I really am. I'm with you. Bayside, God wants us to know. He has fulfilled this promise. Today, he's fulfilling this promise. And forevermore he shall. You will be known as a church where God dwells with you. It is the promise of his manifest presence. Let's keep reading. Verse 4 continues to say this. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Once again, men... And women of ripe old age will sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each of them with their cane in hand because of their age. The city streets will be filled with boys and girls playing there. Here we have a a, a church community, a city with people of all ages, diverse ages represented there. Keep reading verse 6. This is what the Lord Almighty says. It may seem marvelous to the remnant of this people at that time, But honestly, will it seem marvelous to me? Is this too big a deal for me, says God? This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will save my people from the countries of both the East and the West. I will gather them and bring them back to live in Jerusalem. They will be my people and I'll be faithful and righteous to them as their God. From day one or from before day one, when God birthed Bayside Church in our hearts, those 19 years ago, we knew Bayside Church would be known as a family of, of great diversity of people with different ages, from different places, Uh, that while we may be located in Victor Harbour, we would not be just a church of Victor Harbour. We'd be a a church where people would come from the east and the west. We would not be just a church of one age group, even though Victor is known, as many of you know, uh, for a particular age group of the more grey head variety. And uh, no, no, no. Our church would be known of a church for all ages. And I love the fact that we are walking in that promise. We have people in our church family, well into their 80s. We have pregnant mums. And newborn bubs, and basically everything else in between. This was a promise God gave to us many years ago. As I kept reading Zechariah 8, these other things stood out to me. Verse 20, just flick ahead, says this This is what the Lord Almighty says Many peoples and the inhabitants of many cities will yet come not just east and west gathering from around no many cities and the inhabitants of different places will come in fact the inhabitants of one will go to another and say let us go at once to entreat the lord almighty i myself am going many people and powerful nations will come to seek the lord almighty and entreat him Uh, soon after we started our church we we were also given a promise about vulnerable people coming into our church again this great variety strong and the weak a great variety of people that calls this church their home. Vulnerable people and strong, powerful people. You know, when we pray for you this week, we had a, a staff prayer meeting uh, via Zoom on Thursday morning, I think it was, and we're praying for people at Bayside Church that are particularly vulnerable when it comes to an isolation and lockdown situation. It's right for us to do that. We have vulnerable people in our community. And yet the very thing, next thing we pray for is high capacity people that are, <laughs> that are not vulnerable uh, in fear, but are like str- struggling like lions caught in a cage at this time. And to say, Lord, we pray for those high capacity people uh, that have businesses to run and that are entrepreneurial, we pray for fresh ideas upon them as well. You know why? Because God has given us a great mix of people in our church family, and that is an important promise he gave us right from the word go. Verse 23 says, this is what the Lord Almighty says, in those days, 10 people from all languages and nations will take firm hold of one Bay by the hem of his robe and say, let us go with you. There it is, because we've heard that God is with you. Well, what is this point? Here throughout this chapter, these promises are pointing to the fact that God has promised us to be a community of both diversity and unity. A church that is diverse and a church that is Unified And personally, I think diversity is a beautiful word. I know it depends who you talk to in the last few years especially. Uh, there's uh, been some cultural change uh, around that world. For, for some people, when they think of diversity, uh, they think of a very narrow group of factors of what, what that means, someone's skin colour or someone's family makeup or whatever, okay? And that's basically their main thing that diversity means. For other people, diversity, is, it means well beyond that. And it means things like the way people think and the way people are wired and they're creativity and their philosophy in life and their experience in life and their worldview of certain things diversity of thought diversity of opinion these are the things that matter most well I personally think diversity is a beautiful thing recently on our holiday uh, we just got back from far north Queensland we went out to the great barrier reef it is one of our favorite things to do as a family to snorkel in the barrier reef and one of the uh, wonderful things about it is that it is so diverse It is so diverse, and yet it is so unified. Uh, That diversity works together with a beautiful harmony. And this is a promise for us. It's a promise. It's a picture of the church that God continues to paint as you read the uh, New Testament. The book of Ephesians is very big on this. Being one, but being many. Okay, (laughs) we are one, but we are many. Uh, Being one, but being many. This beautiful picture of diversity. And you know, you don't... uh, well, basically, we live in a community that has a diverse range of views, a diverse range of opinions, a diverse range of experiences and perspectives. One of our challenge, both as a local community and as a nation, more broadly speaking, is to know how to walk in unity with our diversity, to respect diversity and walk in a sense of unity. And one of the ways that we as a church family have successfully negotiated that tension over the years is to ensure that we major on the majors and that we minor on the minors, keeping the main thing or the main things, the main things and not allowing minor differences or big differences on minor issues to divide us or define us. And Bayside, I want to encourage you, let's continue to do the same express your diversity, express our different views, but let's, uh, let's stay unified, keeping the main thing, the main thing, the presence of God, his goodness with us, the gospel of tr- Christ, the things focusing our attention on the things that matter most. This is a promise to us, a whole a, a church that looks like all different ages, a church that looks like people from all around the Flurio Peninsula, East and the West, a church that looks like different nationalities, as much as that can be represented uh, in a place like Victor Harbour. Okay, we need to be honest about that. But as much as that can be represented, God gathering different types of people. And for me, quite frankly, one of the most beautiful things about you, Bayside. one of the most beautiful things about you is the range of color and texture and variety of who you are as people. Keep being you. Keep being the color. Keep like uh, Joseph, uh, wearing the coat of many colors that your father gave you. Don't allow the big brother's, okay to say you need to wear a coat just like ours no 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 let your colors let the colors that the father has given to you let them shine and be who you are beautifully diverse community all right this is a promise we've we have walked in we'll continue to walk and we are walking in and we shall continue to walk in the promise of unity and diversity Let's keep reading verse 12, and uh, we'll close it up here in a minute. The seed will grow well. Oh, I love these promises. This, when, when I started reading these 19 years ago, I'm like, wow, what a great promise. I can see myself praying into this for, for many years to come. The seed will grow well. Come on, say amen at home. Agree with that. The seed will grow well. Yeah, okay, that'll do. The vine will yield its fruit. The ground will produce its crops. The heavens will drop their dew. I will give, I will gift all these things as an inheritance to the remnant of these people. And just as Judah and Israel, you have been an object of curse among the nations, I will save you and you will be a blessing. These people came from a history where they weren't thought of very highly. God's saying, listen, I'm about to change all that. Okay, Because my promise to you is one of fruitfulness and influence. I'm going to bless you with fruitfulness. I'm going to bless the work of your hands. And with that blessing will come an influence where you will be a blessing to others right from our word go but you personally as a as an ordinary follower of Christ okay who is as it were a child of Abraham you are blessed to be a blessing your family is blessed to be a blessing to others you are called to be a person individually of fruitfulness and influence well that has been a promise also for us here in this church community from day dot God has promised us to bless the work of our hands to shower his blessing in us that is a blessing and fruitfulness he wants us to walk in and that blessing is not just for us but you will be a blessing for others God wants us to be a people of influence and I can gladly say that promise has been fulfilled that promise right today is being fulfilled and that promise as we continue to move into our 20th year and beyond will continue to be fulfilled and sometimes our influence in our community is done in quite overt and obvious ways Uh, Jesus said let your light shine before people so they can see your good deeds. Okay, Actually let your light shine so they will see your good deeds and it will result in glory to God. They will go, wow, Christians are doing good. That means they're God's good. That's basically the theory there. Yeah, there are certain things we do, with certain ways we serve that are a light that shines. But Jesus also said, listen, I don't want you to just be light in your community. I also want you to be salt. And salt has an invisible influence uh, where it can, it can basically work its way through an entire dish and nobody even knows it was put there. Okay? It has this, uh, this very invisible influence It really can influence something uh, like yeast does as well. And that's another way we are called to influence, to be an influence in our community. You know, this week, as you walk out of your home for your 90-minute allowance, okay, you go to the shop, no one will see the way you are kind to the checkout people. No one will see the kind words of encouragement you may speak to people this week in your workplace, but continue to do that. Be an influence of salt that works its way through our community. It's a promise for us. It's not only a promise, it is also, therefore, a responsibility of us. Lastly, as we finish off this chapter, God has promised us increase and enlargement. Let's just read that last verse again. You can read the whole chapter. I encourage you to do so. I'm just skipping around and picking sort of five high points, okay, as we go. Uh, But here we go, verse 23. This is what the Lord Almighty says, in those days, 10 people from all languages and nations will take firm hold of one Jew by the hem of his robe and say, let us go with you. Because we've heard that your reputation is such that God is with you. We don't know that much about you. But we know that there's something that can only be explained in the, uh, with the fact that God is there with you in your midst. You know, right from the word go, uh, before we ever held our first Sunday service, God had promised us that we would be a church that would experience growth and that we would experience enlargement. Uh, bigger does not necessarily mean better, okay, in and of its own. Uh, bigger doesn't mean better Uh, Gideon the story of Gideon shows us that God gathers Gideon's army says how many people do you have and it's like 30,000 or whatever and God uh, spends the next part of the process whittling it down like 99 percent you know he, he cut down his numbers because bigger doesn't necessarily mean better Solomon had lots of wives. That, does, that did not mean it was better. You know, bigger doesn't necessarily mean better. But right from the word God, uh, word go, word God, word go. God had promised us uh, to be a church of growth and a church of increase. And you know, even as you read that, you know, ten people would take firm hold of one Jew. You know, when we first started, we were a group of about twenty to thirty people. Ten uh, fold that, or eleven fold that, if you do the mass uh, is a church of about two to three hundred people. We knew right from the word go that there would come a time that there would be a day that would be a promise for us that god would uh, increase our numbers to at least that okay to at least two to three hundred people well that is a promise that has come to pass that is coming to pass today and as we look forward into our future we see more growth and influence as god allows it's never been a desire uh, chad did you desire to be leading a church of two to three hundred people no that's never my desire my desire is just to follow jesus and whatever he promises us, whatever God has prophesied over us, despite my personal desires, whatever he has promised over us, whatever he says to us is something that my job and your job is just to say amen to. Yes, you say yes, Lord, we say amen we say amen cooperating with God's prophetic purposes and I want to encourage you today individually you know my job really is to do this as a pastor it's to look back in my old journaling and to say Lord what are the things you've promised our church family and how can I do my part in reminding our people of that that's really been my job a part of my job as a lead pastor well you know what there are things that God has spoken to you in the past maybe you've journaled them down Uh, maybe like you uh, God wants to speak to you in this isolation time to say, you know, dust off some of those things that I spoke to you and begin to cooperate with me. One of the first things you can do to cooperate with God's prophetic purposes is to simply remind yourself, remind and remember and recall the things that he has spoken to you, the things that he has spoken to you. And here I am today uh, at the start of our 20th year journey, as it were, as a church family speaking to an empty room, speaking to you at home. Where there is life, there is growth. Where there is life, there is adjustment. Where there is life, there is pivoting, to use a cultural term uh, that's being used around a lot. Wherever there is a healthy, living organism, uh, we will position ourselves to face the challenges that respond that, and respond accordingly. And we will do that knowing that God is for us passionately committed to us always. We will do that with a heart's commitment that says we want to follow the presence of God. We, we want to be where God is. We want to be on what God is on. When Zechariah spoke these words to God's people in 520-something BC, it was because they were discouraged and they needed that prophetic to, encouragement to keep on going on. Well, Bayside, as individuals, as a family, and for those watching beyond, be encouraged today all right keep going on remember the things god has spoken to you and lay hold of those promises together because if you look back over the things god has spoken you will see certain things have been fulfilled certain things are right now living i'm living are being fulfilled in my day and as i look forward lord i know you are faithful you are faithful and you will do it and one of the best ways we can make sure we are not among those who put out the spirit's fire is that we do not make light of prophetic words. We do not treat them with contempt. We do not dismiss them. No, no, no. We grab a hold of the things we know God has spoken to us and march forward into our destiny. Let me pray for you today and uh, we'll close. We'll uh, throw back to the team, okay? And uh, and we'll close with a song today. But let me just pray for you right now and I hope you can say amen and agree with these words together. Dad, we thank you so much for the privilege of gathering together today. We thank you for the privilege of not being alone. And that even at times when we feel isolated, we know that the God who is always present is present with us. And my prayer today uh, is for those who have not experienced your demonstrated, manifested, obvious presence uh, lately. In fact, there might be people here today uh, that have never experienced the reality of your presence your invisible but very very real presence well lord i pray today that your supernatural hand your invisible presence would make itself known uh, that you as it were as you've done with so many people throughout history would demonstrate uh, would manifest your reality to people today break into people's hearts today break into people's homes today break out and make yourself known to people we decree we say this blessing over people today and lord for us as a church family together collectively corporately as a, as a family in our togetherness uh, we say we thank you for being with us thank you for your commitment to us thank you for the journey that you have are and will continue to take us on i'm going to play my part in that process i'm going to keep on pressing on with your prophetic purposes because i know god is on my side i know god is on our side and there's no better place to be lord i bless your people today i thank you for your goodness over them i decree your mercy peace and grace and i say to you today bayside and anyone else who is viewing may the lord bless you May the Lord keep you. May he cause his countenance, his face, his goodness to ever shine upon you in a way that you know that you know that he is with you. May the God of peace bring you the peace you need. May the God of energy bring you the energy that you need. May the God of grace grant you the grace that you need. May the God of vision give you the vision that you need. May he be everything that you need today. And I believe this. And I ask this of the Father in Jesus' name. I hope you've enjoyed today's message. Remember to check us out at BaysideChurch.org.au. And of course, if you're ever in the area, please pop in and say good day.